Our Lord said to them, Go ye into the whole world and preach the gospel to every living creature. Are you ready? I'm ready. Good. And then it's it's time to get into the Depeche mode. Right. <laughs> you, you know what that song is. That's a, that's a reference that I'm, I'm not quite sure of, which I know exists, but I don't know what it means. Hey, Wages of Cinema, hi. Hi, welcome back, uh, and Happy New Year. This is our first podcast for 2017. Woo! We, we somehow survived and made it, and if you're still listening to us, then you've made it past the nuclear winter of the new year. Yeah, uh, it's a good time to be alive. Uh, yeah, I guess any time's, well, no, not, not any time's good to be alive, as we can see in the movie we're about to talk about, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> not every time is good for everybody. I think that's, uh, that's a good way to say it. Let me just make sure your, your wire is, is okay. Let me just make sure, um, okay, yeah, you're, you're, you're plugged into mic one. That's good. You, you're, you have a priority mic. Yes. Today. Good. Good, good for you. Now we're going to make some changes. <sighs> yeah. Okay, so we just saw a new Martin Scorsese movie. Silence. Or I should say Martin Scorsese picture. Yeah, Silence. Silence. So let's just now... Ah, I was trying to make a long silence. Right, there we there. go. Um. Yeah, so... Oh, this movie... Um, it's, it's more than a movie. It's, it's a experience, you could say. Um, uh, I mean, this movie is, I don't want to say this movie is heavy because it's a very deep movie, but yes. it's still very entertaining to watch. Oh, when yeah. you leave this film, you will leave with a lot of stuff on your mind, but it won't be like, Oh, the world is a terrible place. We're going to die. It's going to be like, huh? I hadn't thought of things like that before. I need to think about this a little more. Yeah, yeah, that's that's actually an interesting way to put it. Um, in a way, you could kind of look at this as uh, well. He's been trying to make this movie for like twenty eight years or something like that. He first got the book, and not not too uncoincidentally, that's the way I should phrase it. Uh, he got the book in nineteen eighty eight from some priest or parishioner or something. Uh, and of course, 1988 was the year Last Temptation of Christ came out. Yeah. So, you know, it, th that was itself its own passion project for him that he was trying to get off the ground for a lot of years, and there was no, no pun false intended. Start. Did, I, did I make a pun there? Yeah, it's a passion project. Oh, I didn't get. And out. if you really liked, uh, pa uh not passion. Of last, Christ. that's last, different. Last temptation of Christ. Well, this this is another. This is a film that exists in that same vein. Wait. I don't know about you, but I really enjoyed Last Temptation of Christ, and oh, I really enjoyed this film. I enjoyed this too. I'm not quite sure where I fall as far as saying. I don't, I don't know if necessarily saying one is better than the other is even a necessary point. Uh, I think Last Temptation of Christ for me actually might be a little bit easier to to watch again. I don't know because when I saw that movie, that's also another long, heavy movie that deals with really deep themes of Christianity and spirituality. Um, but with this. There's also uh, well we'll get into some of the details. Let's talk movie. about the plot. Well, it, yeah, it's a, it's actually in a way a pretty simple plot when you come down to it. Uh, 
it's it's it starts off what you think will be kind of like a a search and rescue mission possibly right. ferrera is lost to us he denounced god in public and surrendered the faith that's not possible father ferrera risked his life to spread our faith all over japan it seems to me that our mission here is more urgent than ever we must go find father ferrera this is in your hearts and both of you yes and I must trust God has put it down. And, uh, Father- they, and they go to Japan, and Father Ferreira is his name. He's played by Liam Neeson. And he finds out, oh, the Japanese, they aren't really too kind to Christians at all. No. Um, they are actually uh, torturing and killing Christians yeah. uh, for their beliefs. And especially uh, for people who, like, if, for these Jesuit priests who come to Japan... They especially want to make an example out of them to, and especially make an example of their people in front of the priests. But anyway, so finally... So here's, so here's the sorry. thing. Father Ferreira went to Japan. They haven't heard from him uh, very much. Yeah, and then, but they do finally find out that he has recanted and become apostate, meaning he's basically rejected... Possibly. Uh, that That's the rumor. Yeah. That he's rejected God and that he is living in Japan. Yeah. And, as an apostate and two of his followers uh played Father by adam Rodriguez driver and, and andrew garfield yeah andrew garfield and adam driver are the two priests who still have some kind of belief that oh no 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 he ferrera's okay you know we don't know if he's really dead or converted you know all we know is that he's there so they beg uh, another father let us go and try to find him and so they go to japan and uh what they encounter is a lot of fear yeah, and a lot of uh, people who are Christians really hiding out in little enclaves so they're not found out by uh, the people in the cities. I believe they mentioned Nagasaki. Yeah, as one and of they're the especially places. hiding from the governor whose name is Inoue. Well, uh, is he a governor or is he an inquisitioner? He, he, uh, he is an inquisitor. They call him inquisitor, but he yeah. is basically the governor of this region yeah interestingly in the credits he has a title of old samurai slash inue huh i didn't really think was he a samurai yes he was definitely a samurai yeah there seemed to be a number of samurai in that movie because like because just from seeing other samurai movies i kind of know like when they you have like those particular japanese men who are dressed in a very specific way in their robes and they have their swords but the, uh, and the, and they're at service to a higher person but the dead giveaway is their hairstyle yeah they have this hairstyle which only samurai are allowed to wear it's it's a symbol of their rank mm-hmm. and at the time historically this was uh there's a long period in medieval japanese history where the country was basically split up into these multiple fiefdoms fighting against each other and this takes place after that and when the country is unified yeah. again into the shogunate and the samurai don't fight so much anymore they're more like bureaucrats yeah now the thing is watching the movie i i almost forgot that i i know i'd learned some history about east asia uh in in college but i kind of forgot about how japan was split up like that for a while yeah but now japan is unified and they are persecuting all christians in yeah because the movie makes the point that there was a time where christians were there in japan yeah however that 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 becomes a whole other thing about 
how Christianity is even interpreted in Japan. Right. Um, so with this movie, so again, I almost could consider this, if it's not exactly a sequel, uh, except for our man JC. Uh, <laughs> you just raised your eyebrows at that. Uh, yes. Uh, yeah, Last Temptation of Christ about the story of Jesus Christ told in a very different way than some people are used to, but... In this movie, I feel like it's a spiritual successor to that. Yes, definitely. Um, you're you're dealing with what does it mean to have faith and to just be a person in this world? Uh, <laughs> yeah. what, what does it mean to try to do good or try to do right by others, or what does it mean to do wrong by others? Um, you know, and, and I think that's why you know when you're watching Last Temptation, for me, part of what might make that, I don't know if I should say more entertaining, because both films are very watchable, and, you know, of course, Scorsese The thing directs, is, Last Temptation of Christ is more accessible because it's a more familiar story. It's a more familiar story. There are more actors that you can kind of, that you can kind of cling on to, except for Andrew Garfield and Adam Driver. A lot of the cast you probably haven't seen before, or if you have, you might not recognize them. Um, I actually looked up a couple of actors while we were talking, and uh, we actually... There was one actor who was in a movie we talked about not too long ago, uh, Shin Godzilla. Yeah. Um, there was this actor named Shinya Tsukamoto, uh-huh. who was in both Silence and Shin Godzilla. He's wow. cre- He was credited as biologist in Shin Godzilla. Whoever that was, I, he was the... You, he, you would recognize him because he was the villager uh, who... Uh, before Andrew Garfield is taken into this into the main city, uh, he he's one of the main villagers who's really you know scared to right. go away. Uh, you probably know him if you saw him in the movie. Uh, but again, so it's watching this movie. Scorsese is plunging you into a world that again, if you don't have some of the history that. Uh, if you unless if you've really read about it, but they'll be unfamiliar. Every, but they, they tell you everything that you need to know. Yeah, they tell you everything that you need to yeah, know. Yeah, this and is it's one not of the, difficult to follow. This is one at of all. the Scorsese. It's quite simple. This is one of the Scorsese movies with uh, narration wall to wall. Interestingly, not no music. No, and it's weird because in the end credits, I noticed uh, Robbie Robertson, who has been one of Scorsese's longtime collaborators. He was part of the band. The band. Right. <laughs> uh, not not to get new uh Avon Costello thing. He was in the band. Right. That's all you need to know. Um he's credited as music supervisor and there also was a credit for score. And I'm wondering like what what score cuz intentionally the movie the they're the only score you could say are like sounds of crickets and bugs and all the natural noises. Unless if I it can't... was very faint. I can't think very much of a specific time when music was playing unless it was very soft and very far into the background. Yeah, <laughs> so with this, I mean, it's... Again, this movie's almost... It's not quite three hours. It's a, it's it's in between two and a half and three hours long. Right. But here's the thing that I want to talk about now. It's this film's scale. Yeah. It has this... It's It does something very successfully which is it makes a very personal story about one man yeah and it connects it to a much larger story 
of yeah. a of a struggle or a conflict in history and how that struggle funnels down and reaches the nexus of this one man. Yeah, you it, really do get the sense that there is a part of history which is hinging upon the actions of one person. Yeah, which is actually interesting because that uh, that's something that Scorsese has also has done some other movies. Uh, another kind of personal epic for him that that was one of his long gestating passion projects was Gangs of New York. Yeah, and that was another movie where that's a big historical epic, but it's also supposed to be about. This one man fighting and yeah, but gangs of New York seem that was a little bit more sprawling. It seems a bit more like that is the story of one or two people who happen to be uh, tossed in the storm of history. That what their that their actions don't necessarily have an impact on the greater outcome of uh, of of history. Yeah. Whereas this felt like Andrew Garfield and his choices were. A significant part of the world around him. That really is the uh, is the story of this movie, with some other things that are important thrown in there. Uh, there's another. There's a, probably I don't know if I'd say my favorite character per se, but the character I found most fascinating in this movie was uh, Kichijiro. Yeah. Who is this uh, one Japanese guy who? is not really part of any village. He's just kind of a wanderer. And we learn in his backstory that he, uh, he, he grew up at a time where Christians weren't as, as persecuted. And, but then suddenly they were, and his family were, uh, perished, so to speak. And so now he's kind of out of his mind, but he also represents in the movie, this character that really tests, uh, Rodriguez's faith in a very interesting way. Uh, to me, Kichijiro feels maybe like the most... I'm not going to say like the most like a Scorsese character, but it reminded me especially of a lot of people that Scorsese's had in his movies over the years. Like uh, um, like in Raging Bull, you had Jake LaMotta, who was this guy who's just such a seemingly reprehensible asshole. Yeah. Who... You know, is you know he's a wife beater. He uh, is just a total scumbag to people. But through, but by the end of the movie, you think, well, okay, so we've seen him be this bad. How can I have sympathy for this person? Can mm-hmm. I go that extra mile? And with this guy Kichijiro, he he he's a bit of a well, I don't know if we could say prankster. Uh, no, 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 no. He but he does do some very questionable things and again talking about testing rodriguez's faith he he has it's almost becomes a running gag where he keeps asking rodriguez uh to hear his confession and at first it's just like okay i'll hear your confession but as the movie goes on and it comes up again and again you suddenly realize well should this guy really be allowed to be redeemed like is he he seems like he does one especially kind of terrible thing at one point it was it was hard it's hard to figure out at a certain point what his thought process is and what what his motivation is yeah because that's what fascinated me though he was like the one he was a character who in in the midst of this story where you have this very tightly controlled japanese society you know if you put this into 
like some kind of dystopian world, it would probably fit just as well. Mm. Um, if you, you know what I mean? Like, but Kichijiro, he's somebody who, okay, is he, does he really believe in God? Does he really have faith? Or is he just so messed up that he just can't help himself? And he, it almost becomes like getting confession and getting, uh, a penance it, it becomes like a force of habit or something hmm. and you, so you question is should he get any lip should, should he even be heard by rodriguez at a certain point right um so their relationship and eventually by the end of the movie that becomes something else which i won't say right now i mean i don't know if this is necessarily the kind of movie you can spoil because it's not that well, kind of story this is more of like a personal i wouldn't uh you know emotional journey well i i wouldn't uh talk about plot points later in the film especially if you're no. talking to people and encouraging them to go see it yeah you don't want them to know what's going to happen no i don't even with, think i don't even think this necessarily deserves a spoiler portion i don't know it's well i we'll, we'll that's see difficult but um but yeah again so sorskazi as you said he's putting this person's uh spiritual journey into the midst of history and i think definitely the thing that works best is the fact that you have this epic scope you have cinematography that is just breathtaking at times you have all these shots of like the, the beach in japan and the and the ocean and all these fields and the villages that are created like you know so much that you feel like you're back there um but it really comes down to what is rodriguez going to do if he you know what? What is he going to do? A, when these Japanese Buddhists find him, and what happens when he finds Ferrera? Yeah, um, <laughs> it's in a way kind of like you know what it reminded me Apocalypse of Apocalypse Now. Yeah, I yeah. was about to say that. Yeah, Ferrera is Colonel Kurtz. No, and... yeah, yeah, Colonel Kurtz. Although it's weird though because it's like if. It's like if when you got to Colonel Kurtz's compound, somebody else was running it, and <laughs> Colonel Kurtz was just like this guy reading poetry and turned. But yeah, there is that aspect of this guy who went into Japan. He had this whole mission in mind. He it's, went as a pure Christian, but then things happened. It's also like this idea of Westerners going into the to, into the East, yes. quite literally, mm -hmm. with their ideas and notions of what of how the world works and what done and they come up against the full brutality and and uh they watch the snail foreignness and foreignness of the east <laughs> they watch the snail cr cr crawl along the edge of a straight razor yes they be surviving they become the snail on the on the straight yes. razor <laughs> and you know and it comes down to something too that Again, I mentioned that it's kind of a spiritual successor to The Last Temptation of Christ. That movie, you know, again, that was more of the story of Jesus and who he was as a person. Yeah. Uh, it got into some things that some Christians or some people found objectionable. I, I don't think it was uh, because it was handled in a very specific way. It hinted near the end well, we, about we all... what would happen with Jesus' message. But here it's all about what happens when different faiths collide which whether it's because of just the way that the society operates or the nation operates it it makes it so that the 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 belief systems are to so incompatible that 
it just poisons everything, or does it poison it? I don't know. It, it's a it's, lo- there's so there's a lot to question when watching this movie. I fa- uh, the thing I found most compelling is this idea of it, it, it. I really like Last Temptation of Christ, and I really like this film because yeah. they are both films that deal with religion, but they don't have simple answers. No, no, no. I did. Uh, you and I both dislike quote-unquote Christian films. Yeah, I thought about that, too. I thought that in a unintentional way, because, again, Scorsese's been trying to make this for years and years and years, Right. but it's interesting that this comes out at a time where now there are all these movies coming out, like God's Not Dead and God's Not Dead 2, uh, War Room, <laughs> oh, uh, you know, Kirk Cameron Saving Christmas, which we watched. Well, those came out a while uh, ago. I doubt that. Well, the, the past few years. Yeah, no, no, I'm not saying he made this in response to that, but it's interesting to think about this as being like a really great faith-based movie. It is. A, <laughs> this is a movie which deals with Christianity, but it in deals a with it as an substance. It deals with it for and it people deal- who actually are thinking a rational adults. It doesn't pander to a select adults. audience. That's what I was gonna say. Yeah. It, it it deals with its su- subject matter in a very adult way. Yeah. It doesn't. Well, because a lot of those it doesn't movies, condescend. Well, well, the problem, it doesn't oversimplify. Well, here's the thing. This is why I thought, especially of God's Not Dead, because I talked about God's Not Dead before. Yeah. The fact that you have this movie, which is like all about how, oh my God, the, these atheists are, are coming after these Christians, and they're making this, this professor is making students write God is dead on their papers, and and this plucky youngster in class is gonna <laughs> come to the rescue and prove that God is not dead, and all this stuff. It's like. Dude, this... you, you, you Christians are not <coughs> being persecuted. And Scorsese's like, oh, no, 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 no. Let me show you when Christians were really persecuted, yeah. all right? And, and Christians kind of take for granted. I can say this because I'm a Christian. We kind of right. take for granted this idea that Christianity is the most popular religion in the world and it, and it enjoys all the success. Yeah. Well, here's a story of a time and a place where Christianity failed. Yeah, and it and it's shown in a very realistic way. It it's and also, and then it's like you talk about God is not dead. It's all about that idea of it's based around the the conflict. It's point. more propagandistic too. The 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 uh, that point of takeoff in in the plot of God is not dead. The inciting incident, if we will, yeah, is this professor tells his students to write God is dead on a piece of paper. <laughs> yes. Okay, so there's a similar thing in silence where it's yeah, like where is. the test of whether or not you are a christian is do you step on this picture of christ yeah and well it's like a plaque it's it's a picture is it uh, well i guess it's it's like well, it's you a, when you, it's, it doesn't matter it's a picture of christ all right, all right, yeah. whether it's carved whatever yeah and by putting your foot on it you're basically pledging allegiance to jesus no, stepping on it means you're not a Christian. Oh, oh, I'm sorry, I was getting it mixed up. So, you have this very simplistic way of people of this one person uh, refusing to write "God is dead." Yeah. But then you have this serious examination of whether or not even stepping on a picture of Jesus is an unforgivable sin or whether that means that you are renouncing your faith in any way or whether it has any bearing on what kind of person you are. And it's looked at in this very 
strange, sometimes contradictory, but also very meaningful way. Yeah, well, it's also, when we talk <coughs> about that it's, uh, that it's for adults, by that I mean that Scorsese isn't pressing anybody to believe anything in this movie. That's what I especially appreciated with Last Temptation of Christ, because when I watched that movie, I, I could almost watch it thinking that, I could watch it from the point of view that Jesus is just a crazy person. You could. Yeah. It, it could be interpreted that way. Yeah. Or at least it deals, it deals with him, like Jesus looking at that perspective. Like, am I just going crazy? Yeah. Why, am, why is this actually happening to me? So there is that port of entry for somebody who you don't, again, you don't have to be somebody who feels. You uh, don't like, have to be a devout Christian to no, enjoy the last no, temptation no, no. of Christ. And, or silence. And the thing no. with silence is that, you know, we talk about this thing with putting your foot onto this image of Jesus um it become it's it's really about what does this say but for these for these jesuit priests you know who come to this country uh do they do they or don't they do this and you know again there are other christians who lives are on the line as well right. they're being tortured and they're being killed and again it's uh, when i mention that there's almost a slice of dystopian element to it it's because you have this system which again they the way that the japanese are portraying it they're saying we don't want to do this we just right. want you to you know accept that boot we are buddhists um but they are willing to go there yeah so right, it, this it, it, is it this you, is you, it. there is a lot of gray area here there and there are real stakes yes I, god is not dead oh there you are fail you, you fail a college class in this one you are tied to a crucifix <laughs> well, and drowned in the high tide well, well there well, there are other problems with god's not dead that, that movie got college wrong Never oh, mind yeah religion. that too um but yeah so it, it everything is about making it's not just about all right do i have faith or not it's more about what kind of more moral choices am i making um there's also this question which maybe I don't relate to this as strongly because again I'm not a super religious person, but okay. but I know but this also but this goes back to uh, films like uh, Bergman and maybe Carl Dreyer dealt with this and but yeah these are films <laughs> this idea of what they call the silence of God yeah uh, and Bergman had like a whole trilogy of those films Bergman is like if you want an authority on the silence of God well this feels like this feels like. Not quite like Scorsese doing a Bergman film per se, but it could it could be said maybe the closest in a Bergman way. They are trading in the same themes. They're they're in the same. They are sport. doing it with different techniques and different settings. Yes, uh, the thing again, the thing with this movie is that if you are disturbed at all by prolonged scenes of torture and uh, violence, this movie might not be for you. I would disagree. No, this gra there is violence, there is death, but it's not very graphic. Oh, there's one really graphic scene in this movie. Eh, but <laughs> I heard I, the audience collectively gasp. Th not, and that I, takes but a I lot. wouldn't call it graphic in terms of when I think of graphic violence, I tend to think of like a horror film sort of violence. Hmm. All the violence in here, there is one instance of bloody violence in this, hmm. and it's very quick. If you don't, or, yeah, no, no, I'm not saying. It's yes, not, it's there not, is. It's not as graphic as even some Scorsese, other Scorsese movies are more graphic. <laughs> right. I just mean like there are long scenes here, just showing people 
suffering. Oh, there's a lot of suffering. Like, again, if you... That part <laughs> of of religion... Uh, but the thing is, though, I also... But the suffering is a part of the film. Yes. It's because it's not just suffering for its own sake. The film yes. is looking at the notion of suffering, especially in a religious mm. context. Another film that just came to mind, talking about uh, Jesus, The Passion of the Christ. Yeah. Which, that was a movie that... I feel like that was actually an example of so much suffering that it kind of obscured for me whatever deeper meanings of the now again obviously that movie spoke to a lot of people right maybe it just didn't speak to me but there are interesting like... things about the passion of the christ which uh, which i do have to see again because it has been a while but it's but the passion that, that... of the passion of the christ is much more interested in the image of violence than it is in exploring the the notion of violence yes that 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 in essence is is the difference whereas, between these sort of two films whereas this uh, scorsese really again it, mu it must go back to him he, he you know again because he came within like a hair's inch of becoming a priest huh. and then you know that he was either going to become a priest or or go to film school and he chose film school thank goodness um you know again we, he might have been one of the you know might have been one of the most awesome priests ever. Who knows? Maybe. Uh, I mean... He could be Pope by now. Yeah. Actually, the Pope, I think, was the first person to see this movie. Awesome. Yeah. Um, I, what I, that, was his review? He's like, uh, it's okay. I, I can't imitate the Pope. I don't know what he's, Actually, it's interesting because the Pope, I think, is from... Uh, is is Spanish. or, or not, not Spanish. The Pope he, is from... South America. Oh, South America. I don't America, know right. what what country in South America. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I am um, sorry, Catholic listeners. I know. If you want to write... I am a Protestant. <laughs> if you want to send your hate mail, address it only to me. Andrew's not involved. Address it to the um, Jewish man. Yeah. Actually, it's funny, though, that I, when we left the movie, uh, it was either me or my mom brought up uh, the interesting irony that, again, this is now the 17th century. That right. the story is taking place the in... The 1600s, for those of you who aren't historically inclined. <laughs> who don't know what the 17th century <laughs> means when we say People that. get confused all the time. Uh, yeah, I think... It's okay, I was, I'm When just I was a saying. real little kid, I got confused. But no, it's... Um, you know, you, by, you know, so you had these Je Jesuit Catholics going from Spain or Portugal to Japan... Whereas, though, just a century or two before, you had the Spanish Inquisition, right. where Christians were killing Jews left and right. Um, so, or at least forcing them to recant Judaism. Yeah. Which, which is, it's, it's so, that's so screwed up to me, just oh, thinking yeah. about that. The fact that... Which is why <laughs> it's easier for your mother to think about it in terms of history of the world, <laughs> part, part one. Yeah, well, hey... Hey, Torquemada, what do you say? I, I just got back from something. I, I, I don't know the words either. Oh, That's the Orm de Fay. Orm de Fay. What's the Orm de Fay? It's what you don't want to do, but you do anyway. Hey. Uh, da, da, da. One day we'll talk about History of World Part 1, yeah. and it'll be, which you haven't seen the whole thing. I have. Oh, you did? Yeah. Why did I think you had Jews in space. Space, space, space. Okay. We're Jews in space. <laughs> But, protecting yeah, the Hebrew race. I remember when I was, this is just an aside, not to digress too much. When I was in Hebrew school, me and a few other students, uh, we tried to petition our teacher to try to show 
not not even all of history World part one we just wanted to watch the, the spanish inquisition scene in class and they turned us down ah uh, too bad which is a shame because that, that 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 has a lot of entertaining parts to it like just jackie mason popping up and right <laughs> but again talk so... about her. you can't talk about her anything <laughs> all right uh <laughs> silence yeah so but again so it's something that's not it's not only this one time that it happened you can look at a religious group being persecuted all through history and it's interesting too when you find you kind of get down into more of the specifics there's a lot of talking in this movie but it's all very interesting yes uh as a side note this is one of the few films that uh, <coughs> scorsese has a screenwriting credit on mm. that's how serious you know he was passionate about this yeah. he was gonna you know, he, he, he co-wrote it. Um, and you kind of find out that these Japanese people who are, um, uh, they look at Christians, or cri- what even Christianity means, what God means in such a different way that you can almost understand, not, not, I'm not going to say not understand, there's some type of comprehension as to why they would take Christianity in such a, very stark way at first hmm. uh as you know when they kind of talk about the sun itself yeah uh that was kind of an, just a fascinating moment um the performances were really strong yes um andrew garfield probably the best work i've seen from him yet yeah as an actor like he sometimes goes a little bit overboard with some of the schmaltz he did a movie years back called uh never let me go which uh, he frankly wasn't very good in it. Uh, there's a, there's like one of those scenes that you sometimes see in like a heavy dramatic movie where like, he gets out of a car and he's on a road and you just see him screaming like, <laughs> and it's so laughable. Um, but, well, the guy has clearly made some bad choices in terms of projects. Yeah. But I mean, after this, fireman. after this, he's. He's gonna have to pick a lot better because he'll be getting tons of awesome stuff. Well, after also, this. well, he also did another. He did a hacksaw ridge, which uh, right. I, I had some problems with the movie, but he was pretty decent uh, in the movie. I mean, Adam Driver. What can we say about him? He he's very good. Yeah. He has a little bit more of a supporting role. Um, I really like the actor who played. Uh, well, the two Japanese actors, um, Issei Ogata. Was the was the actor who played Inoue? Yeah, who was the uh, Inquisitor? Yeah, he was very good. What was great about him was just how at first when he appears, he's all smiles. Yeah, he has like this public face, almost like a politician would today. Right. When he shows up on the scene, he's like, "Hey, hi, how's it going? How's it going? Are there any Christians here?" Uh, <laughs> but then but when he also... gets, but then when he really gets to talking with uh, Rodriguez. There, there, you find some layers to him. Oh, yeah. Uh, and then there's... I mentioned uh, Shinya Tsukamoto. He plays Mokichi. Right. The actor who played Kichijiro, I thought, was really good. Mm-hmm. Like, the, his name is uh, Yosuke Kubozuka. I hope I pronounced that right. Um, and I hope to see him in more stuff. Because anytime he popped up on screen... I just, even, like, sometimes he'll just pop up in the background in a shot, and you know it's him because he has, like, this particular look. He, he's always pretty gaunt, and he's usually in some state of raggedness. Yes. Very ragged. Um, 
And then when then Liam Neeson pops up and reminds me why he's awesome. Yeah. Because, you know, for those of you who don't know or have been under a rock for a few years, Liam Neeson has starred in some crap. Yeah, well. <laughs> like Taken 3. The man's been working. No, no, he is working. It's, it's kind of weird, though, to think that in the past several years, he's carved out this career... Uh, Maybe not unlike Charles Bronson or something did back in like the <laughs> 80s, where I'm going to have this niche of playing this old man who can kick the shit out of you oh, yeah. and kill you. Uh, but then he comes out in this movie, and he's not in much of the movie. He he appears in near the beginning, and then he pops up in like the last But whenever he pops up, he has a lot of interesting things to say. He has, he has so much Everybody presence, in this film. Has something interesting to say. Hmm. Whenever somebody comes out to have a conversation, I mean, there are some mind games going on. Oh, there, yeah. are, there are some deep conversations to be had, but it's never too leaden. It, it's never too heavy. No, no. Everybody well, speaks in this. Everyone speaks in this very sort of easy way. See, I think the movie is kind of heavy, but maybe more so emotionally. That's why. It will probably be a movie that might benefit a second viewing. Yeah. Because I can say that, you know, it, yeah, it's a great movie. It's Scorsese. He, you know, he, he could make Scrabble the, the movie, and I, I think it's great. <laughs> just just two you know people, what? like, playing with Scrabble you pieces. You know what? Don't be surprised. <laughs> he'll be, like, 80 years old, and he'll just be like, well, well, you know, the studio, they, they, want, they want the Scrabble movie, so, so here, here you go. Here's your Scrabble movie. All right, here's my turn. Mook. Mook is not a word. <laughs> What's a mook? Uh, well, how many yeah, words is that? <laughs> yeah. uh, actually, yeah. that's interesting you bring up Mean Streets. I mean, that was, <laughs> I know that was a movie I had you watch, right. which also kind of dealt with uh, what role religion plays in a person's life. Yeah. Uh, obviously not as much to a degree as it does here. No, but, but it but it was a part of Harvey Keitel's character. Well, also you could say too that you know Harvey Keitel in that movie he's dealing with Robert De Niro. Robert De Niro is this guy who is basically just a son of a bitch, and he you know yeah. can't be controlled. Again, I feel like that's a character that Scorsese keeps bringing up in his films. You know, Joe Pesci the, in many of the films he's the in. The friend who's a liability. Yeah, and I feel like Kichijiro. He's not, I don't know if you could say he's a liability, but he's the person who's the loose cannon of the film. He's unpredictable, and you don't know if it's because he's actively against you, or if he's just an idiot. Probably a combination. Like, he he doesn't really have much social sense, but at the same time, I ended up having kind of like an innate sympathy for him just because he's gone through so much tragedy. He's He's such a lost soul. Yeah, he's pitiful. And yet you can understand, like I said, when Rodriguez just looks at him and is like, no, no, just go away. Because yeah. <laughs> he's the person who, I, know, it, in, in this society, everybody is so rigid. Everybody is so <laughs> controlled. And he's the one who kind of just wanders into camp and is like, hey, hey, can you uh, absolve me here? Uh, I need some confession. And Rodriguez is like, why are you, why I, are you The weird thing me? is not when he goes away. It's that he always keeps coming back. Yeah. Strangely, he, he always pops up again. He's kind no of No matter like, where Andrew Garfield is. He's like the he's like a dog. Yes, only only much less useful. Yes, yes. Um so yeah, yeah, there is a good deal of suffering in this movie, but I think that 
again, unlike Passion of the Christ, where you just, you know, ha- the, like the first third or half of that movie isn't that much suffering, but then the second half is nothing but suffering. Here, the pacing of it at least gives you some moments to breathe, and it's like, oh god, okay, we just went through that, and it's not there to shock you, and it's basically it's and, not there to shock the you. It's that- just showing here's what these people went through. Here's why this question of what do I do for these people or for myself and what, what do, what responsibility do I have to God? Um, yeah, it, 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 it lets you know the stakes are really high. Um, but it's, but again, it's at a personal level. It's not like a country is going to fall. It, what's interesting too. I thought about this, the fact that Rodriguez could die and nobody back home would know. No. Um, you know, it, it seems like it's another planet. <laughs> Or something like that. Uh, at least in Apocalypse Now, like you could get on like the the. You could get well, on a radio. Yeah, you could get on a radio or something, or or calling an airstrike. Right. Here, here, you can't do that. It's just you're really on your own. It's almost like the Dark Ages or something. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, yeah. I I I don't have anything else to say about Silence because basically, uh, I need to see it again yeah. not, and that doesn't mean i'm gonna rush out to the theater to see it again it is definitely worth seeing in the theater if you can when you, find when you a location out, when you walk out of the theater you might feel a little leaden but it, but i mean that as a compliment it's it's different than when like again it's a long you'll movie. walk out very slowly and with your mind on a lot of things yeah it'll feel like you just went through a lecture by this awesome old professor that that did things to your mind six ways to sunday um do you have something you want to tell us jack hmm Uh, but anyway final thoughts on silence yes final thoughts on silence again i i say this every person coming to this movie will leave i think at least for the most part with actually not nobody will leave this movie with the same reaction it's not that kind of movie where uh and this goes back to a lot of movies in Scorsese's career. He wants you to watch it and make up your own mind about the situation. And some of, and you may come to it from different perspectives based on your faith. So if you, and it doesn't necessarily mean that, Oh, I'm a hardcore Christian. I'm going to get more out of it than the atheist. No, no, it's not. And it's not even going to be like, I'm an atheist and I'm going to hate it. No, no, it, now you do, again, you do have to be prepared for going through the fact that this is this character's journey, but at the same time, you can watch it and make up your own mind about the situation, about uh, even just the idea of a religion versus a nation, which is more powerful, or and then ultimately how powerful is a person's own convictions? Uh, what can that carry you for a lifetime? If you are really, you know, strong enough, uh, that was something that occurred to me watching this film. Mm. Uh, so there are a lot of big questions, but again, it's not, I'm not going to say it's the easiest watch I've had this year. I mean, it is, it's long in a good way. Uh, don't watch it like looking for a rocking good time. It's occasionally might have a little chuckle at something someone might say. But this is Scorsese very much in, okay, I want you to focus 
I want you to pay attention and you might get something out of it. Mm-hmm. And I, I think it is a great movie. I don't know where I'd put it in my kind of Scorsese pantheon, uh, so to speak. I mean, he's just made so many great films over the years. Um, so, you know, after hours, it's not. <laughs> but so if you're expecting uh, a, a cream cheese bagel paperweight, you won't get that. But uh, but if you are looking for a really serious, mature look at uh, faith and its consequences and and not just in what it meant back in the 17th century, but what it can also mean for today, what it, what intolerance means, what uh, uh, what it means to hold on to something really personally held, uh, what that means in a society, it I think it's still relevant. Yes. Would you agree with that? Yes. Yeah. Uh, I really appreciate this film because it deals with a time period that we haven't really seen in films. I always say, I've always said that there is so much historical material that Hollywood could mine that they just don't. And Martin Scorsese has done that. And I think, uh, like you said, the messages of this film are not simple, but you can get a lot out of them. Yeah. The one last thing I want to mention is that, uh, this actually, this is based on a book by uh, this author, Shusaku Endo. Okay. Um, and apparently, I, I didn't, I should have known this. This there was another version of this adaptation, uh, back in the seventies. Uh, I haven't seen it. I might be kind of curious to check it out. I mean, not right away because, yeah, it's a bit of a heavy thing to watch. Uh, but uh, this guy Masahiro Shinoda, who directed some. Uh, pretty interesting uh, uh, Japanese films over the years. Uh, a couple of them I've seen. Uh, he, so he directed it. Uh, but, yeah. So it, it, it is... It's a very serious film that if you are ready for something big and expansive and challenging... Then here's your movie. Yeah. This isn't... Uh, this, this isn't Rogue One... Or uh, or why him? Or well, I don't think anyone was expecting that. No, you you wouldn't. It's I almost feel like this is this. I hope this isn't like the last gasp of these kind of movies, you know, because you have somebody like Scorsese who can pull this off at this budget level with at least part of a Hollywood cast. I kind of worry this kind of movie might fall the way of the dodo in like ten or twenty years. Well. You never know. It's but not our fault. <laughs> no, I paid to see it. So if you didn't pay to see this, then screw you. But uh, yeah, go see it. Uh, it's a new Scorsese movie. That's if nothing else, go see a master filmmaker at work in as big a screen as possible. And we loved it. Yeah, and if you loved it or didn't like it, let us know at wageofcinema at gmail dot com. You can reach us also on Facebook at facebook.com slash wages of cinema and uh, twitter.com slash wages of cinema. You can at wages of cinema, follow us for lots of good treats and goodies. Um, and when we come back next time, we'll have more talk wages. about movies and we'll have uh, very soon for you a new segment for the year 2017. Right. I'm going to leave that on it right now. We'll leave, tell you more about it later. We're going to leave that tease for now. Try to get, people in a little bit of anticipation but uh there's another project in the works that if you liked our cinema immersion tank experience then you'll want to stay tuned for more 
physical and mental challenges that we uh, give ourselves. All right. So with that, I'm Jack. I'm Andrew. And remember, the wages of cinema is uh, death, uh, uh, father, son, holy, all that holy ghost thing. Don't pretend to know what you're doing. No, I'm sorry. I'm 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 a lapsed Jew. Sorry. Bye bye. Bye. Thank you.